Okay. Good. All right. Welcome back to the Undrafted Podcast, episode 7. Uh, I'm here today on April 16th, 2020, uh, about four weeks into quarantine, and I have a new guest with me again, uh, Rito, and all the way from London, England again. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I was looking forward to being on. That's no, a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um, bit of history. I When did I meet you? 2012? That's when I moved to London. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was grade grade four or five, wasn't it? Was it? No, it was like grade six or seven. Was it? No, you were... No, it was, it was I, I'm like lost, I'm lost. It must have been, yeah, six or seven. I'm completely it was, lost. It was That's six fine. or seven, yeah. Um, and so we've known each other since then. When I left, we stayed in touch. Um, how are you? First things first, I guess. How are you doing with the quarantine? How's your family? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's interesting. I'm doing fine. My family's doing fine, thankfully. But you know, it's just weird times. Uh, and uh, I guess yeah, we're all just coping with it. Um, could be worse. So I mean, there's, there's that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, how about you? Yeah, no, same. We're all just a little uh, not fed up, but you know, bored at this point, I guess. Um, but again, we're doing the best we can. Um, and yeah, again, could be worse, so I'm thankful for that. Um, so today, I know you wanted to talk about your uh, your company, Creator, and uh, yeah. tell tell some people a bit how that works and what exactly it is. So, what is Creator? Sure, yeah. So Creator is a platform that uh, connects photographers and videographers with small businesses and individuals looking to hire their services. We launched our MVP last May. And we were currently received uh, Series A investments, so we're going to be launching uh, version two, hopefully in the near future. I guess we'll we'll talk a little bit about the effect of COVID on yeah. that. But um, yeah, so that that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, where would you say this idea came from? Because I know it started off with your your Instagram page, and I'm not sure how did how did it uh, stem from that. Uh, yeah, so it's it sort of. It sort of stemmed from whilst I was at school, I was I was offering uh, photo and video services uh, to, as I mentioned, small businesses and individuals. Uh, so I was kind of doing it on a, a smaller scale uh, by myself. And the, the goal was always to sort of systemize the, the process of client onboarding uh, so that mm-hmm. I could focus personally on the quality of the content that was being produced. So initially, I was sending out uh, cold direct messages on Instagram and other social media platforms. I was sending out emails, and to be honest, it worked very well. Uh, but this, it was to be honest, a, a constant drainer on my time, uh, and it sort of got me thinking, you know, how how useful it would be to start a website or sort of an intermediary where we would be able to connect photographers and freelancers. Uh, in the you know the content creation sector with with those looking uh, for their services, um, so that's sort of how it started. Yeah. All right. Um, would you say that building it through social media was definitely uh, a benefit? I I wouldn't I wouldn't say I I built Creator through social media, but I think the mm-hmm. idea definitely stemmed from that. Um, yeah. And I think I, I leveraged my, my social media page to, to help get myself clients because um, I, I, you know, I had a, a fairly decent following at the time when I was actually pushing it um, and it sort of helped with 
kind of build some rapport with, with people that I was trying to contact. Um, but I think, yeah, I think, uh, as, as I mentioned, it creator itself wasn't really born on social media, um, but uh, the inspiration for it was. Mm. Um, yeah, I remember the, uh, the beginning of the read on Instagram page back on the, <laughs> the Porchester days. Not many people uh, remember yes. that. <laughs> no, no, those are the OG days. Yeah. Um, what is, I guess this kind of gets into COVID, but what is the plan moving forward? Maybe what was it before this whole pandemic happened or how has it changed now? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously when, when you think of platforms that, that do what we're trying to do, you, you probably think of Fiverr and Upwork that they, they, you know, they host freelancer services. Um, and I think competing with them would be be quite a large task. Uh, however, I think both of those focus on um, focus on jobs through an online medium, and there's no physical interaction between the two parties, which given the COVID-19 situation makes it a lot harder for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd say right now, it's obviously rather hard to, to launch a website in which two parties are meeting, and that's the entire premise of the site. Um, but I see two possible options for moving forward. Uh, the first option, uh, which is probably the obvious option, is to delay the launch uh, by just a few months um, or in- indefinitely given the situation. Um, and this, this will give us more time to, to test and sort of perfect the platform whilst UK restrictions are still in place. Um, and the, the second option is to pivot the, uh, pivot the user base. Um, and then build in functionality for, say, someone like an editor um, to post up their work on the site. Uh, and that way, you know, it wouldn't require the two parties to meet. Uh, and I think this is arguably quite a feasible option uh, due to the influx in, uh, in demand at the moment for, for online editors, uh, due to, you know, the increased watch time, especially on YouTube, I'd assume. <laughs> People just binge watching yeah. everything. Um, and I think, in my opinion, the, the, the former option to delay the launch probably makes the most sense. Um, the, the latter would incur quite a lot of development costs, um, mm-hmm. and we would essentially have to, to rethink a substantial portion of uh, both user journeys uh, and the way in which we promote the site. Um, so I, I guess the, the situation right now is to perfect the site as much as possible, create great marketing material and then uh, launch launch whenever we can, really. Mm. All right, that makes sense. So would you say that this pandemic is probably a little easier on editors then, than uh, photographers and videographers? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, given obviously the format of you would have the two parties meet up. Uh, I know a lot of photographers and videographers also dealing, deal with the, the editing portion of the work. Um, but it's it's definitely not ideal. Um, so I think you know sites such as Fiverr or Upwork will not suffer um, in that respect. Um, but yeah, so I, given Credo's situation, it's not ideal. Um, but we're we're adapting, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, when you started your Instagram page back in, I don't know what year it was, twenty fourteen or fifteen. Did yeah. you ever? Do you ever think you had this goal in mind at some point, or was it something you could have developed along the way? Definitely not. I, I mean, yeah, back in 2014, I was posting a lot of fitness content, um, 
and uh, not that many people were doing it at the time so I think it sort of stood out um, a little bit I mean obviously now the fitness industry is completely saturated so many people do it it's it no it's ridiculous um, so I can't say I, I ever ima ever imagined it or any of the business prospects that would come from it mm. um, but I mean I'm, I'm glad it did it, it's a whole different world really um, and it's opened up so many opportunities and experiences that I definitely wouldn't have had uh, otherwise I've been able to network with some amazing people um, mm. but I think like anything it's sort of a, a double-edged blade where Instagram can take over your life and it can uh, oh sorry about that my my Siri just went off for for no reason okay <laughs> typical Siri um, yeah uh, what was I saying yeah so I think it can consume a lot of your time uh, and it should be used responsibly especially with with today's youth um, yeah. we're always yeah we always need to feel stimulated and uh, have something going on so I think um, like anything it should be used in moderation Mm. Um, take away the COVID-19 situation for this what is the world of freelance in the modern day through uh, through this sort of lens of Instagram and it's probably easier for people to push their brands I guess oh most definitely yeah I mean now nowadays if you were to sort of cold message someone you need a little bit of a following maybe you mm -hmm. need a portfolio page um, and then yeah you just send them the link uh, a few lines about you know, yourself, uh, how much value or whatever you can provide, and um, and yeah, that that's really yeah. It just it opens a new medium for for connecting with people that you wouldn't have uh, otherwise. I mean, I know that I found certain methods and ways of of finding potential clients uh, through Instagram that would have been much harder to find uh, through through any other means, really. Um, so you know, it's just made connecting a lot easier but it's it's also uh it's also made the sort of the messages and interactions increase greatly um and i think that's that's somewhat uh, i think you you could take that either way really um but mm -hmm. i think for a lot of people they're a lot more skeptical about offerings these days just yeah. just because of the number of them that they're receiving uh, which is completely fair i mean i i approach it the same way really um so i think you have to be a lot more um a lot more smart about your delivery um of, of those type of messages hmm. um for people who are looking to build their own brand or start their own business is there a specific step they should start with or what's the process in general you think um well yeah for anyone looking to start their own business i would say as a general rule of thumb uh everything and i, I do mean everything takes longer than you you think it would um and there's always things that you you simply cannot anticipate or account for um so i think with that in mind you have to plan accordingly and just start um there's there's going to be very rarely an opportune time uh, where there's, uh, say, a gap in the market uh, that's big enough for you to start a business and then bring the product to market before others have already uh, capitalized on that opportunity. Uh, so my advice would be to, to just simply get started uh, as soon as possible. Um, and for anyone who's relatively young, uh, I think uh, you're at it like a stage in your life where uh, there's quite a lot of opportunities coming your way uh, and you, you're allowed to, or it'll allow you to, to pivot and sort of offset any risk of starting your own business. Uh, so for me, there, you know, there's no wife, <laughs> no kids, uh, thankfully. 
Um, and there's, there's sort of no collateral damage, so whatever I'm doing isn't directly affecting anyone, uh, well, besides mm -hmm. my shareholders. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think just kind of just get on with it, start. Um, and I'd say an important piece of advice that my mentor actually gave me, um, and this is regarding specifically the steps uh, in starting your own business, uh, would be to, to focus on the revenue model um, hmm. when coming up with the with the business plan uh, and that should be at the fore, forefront of your kind of uh, your plan really should be the building blocks um, and in other words it kind of means you know how feasible uh, the business is to make money um, and sustain itself for a long period of time uh, for example um, with Creador we focused initially on a commission revenue model uh, in the in the minimal viable product um, which put a lot of pressure on us getting loads of projects through the site. Um, and moving forward, we're actually removing the emphasis on project completion uh, through adding a subscription revenue model, which uh, I'm sure you've seen loads of businesses do uh, these days. Yeah. Um, and this allows us to offer users added benefits that will substantially uh, increase their, their available features on the platform. Um, but it also means it also gives us better growth prospects uh, in the sense that we can change the platform as we like um, and we can customize our tier system to accommodate that change. Um, so I think, you know, I would have saved a lot of time, a lot of development time uh, from day one if I'd implemented that change initially. So I think it's, it's definitely important to, to consider the revenue model uh, as sort of just a primary target. Mm. Would you say there was a specific sort of area that you struggled with maybe along the way? I don't know, marketing your product, for example, or something like that? Uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, I, w I would say one area which we did struggle was kind of conveying the, the idea um, to... Uh, I think, you know, in, it's in the intricacies, uh, really, because... For us, we outsourced to a Ukrainian team, which was my first outsourcing experience, and it sort of left me with mixed emotions, to be honest. Um, but some of the issues with that were the communication uh, issues. Everything was lost in translation, really. Um, and mm -hmm. it became clear to me that everything, the entire user journey, although it was very clear in my head, had to be completely mapped out for it to really make sense to most people. Uh, so I think it's just taking yourself out of out of your own perspective and just really getting a lot of people to test your product um, because you know for me it makes sense um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's bound to it's my idea um, so I think just yeah get as many people as possible to test the idea um, test the concept test whatever you have the platform whatever it may be um, and I think if I did that a little bit sooner uh, we we may have just uh, been able to deliver the the MVP a little bit faster mm. All right. So anyone who knows you knows that this journey, this entrepreneurial journey, sort of started in the gym, I guess. Um, so in this time where you can't leave your house, how are you? Uh, how are you dealing with that? <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, uh, I consider myself actually quite lucky because I have a, a range of dumbbells at home. Uh, so I've been mm -hmm. mixing sort of a variety of, of weight training with with hit exercises such as uh, skipping and burpees. Well no longer skipping because I accidentally broke my rope. Uh, but uh, it's it's definitely not quote unquote replacing 
the quality of workouts um, that I was getting prior to lockdown. Um, but I, I guess a silver lining, uh, and I'm sure this is a silver lining for a lot of people at the moment, is that the, the cardio aspect will improve. I think it's sort of forcing yeah. people to go out there and start running and start considering their health a little bit more. Um, uh, HIIT workouts for me are, are quite notorious for, for burning a large number of calories in quite a, a short space of time. Uh, so I've been really trying to implement that. Um, and my goal of maintaining sort of an 800 calorie burn from exercise per day is still somewhat achievable. Um, I think the hardest part would be to to get the, the same amount of steps in. Uh, you'd have to go out your way to do that. Um, and I'd say that my motivation to train has probably taken the biggest hit um, from lockdown. Uh, and I think, I mean, I think we, we talked about this before, but the, the gym is quite a therapeutic uh, time. And it's yeah. kind of nice to just make it an outing, uh, go there and train with others around you. Uh, and I don't think you really get that anywhere else. Um, so it's been quite challenging to maintain five to six, like good quality workouts uh, each week. Yeah. Um, I know you wanted to talk about cutting or bulking during quarantine. Uh, so how are you going about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd say I'm a little biased because uh, most of my friends make fun of me because I've been literally cutting for over a year now with, with no end in sight. <laughs> Um, and kind of the reason other than to look good is uh, beyond me. Um, but I think speaking for, for most people, uh, I'd assume that, that everyone's doing more cardio at the moment, as I said. Um, but I think for most people, they should be sitting around maintenance level, um, if not a little bit higher. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, human interaction is limited, so you can pretty much get as fat as you want. But... Uh, <laughs> But I think it really depends on, on your goals. So, you know, what, what, are you, what are you doing at the moment? How is your training and diet regimen looking? Mm. Um, are there any supplements that you'd say are necessary? Oh, I mean, that, that was a question for you. That wasn't like a rhetorical oh. question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, say it again. <laughs> I was saying, what's your like diet and training like regimen looking like at the moment? Um... My diet's a little all over the place, I guess, just because I'm sort of transitioning back from, you know, living in a, at school and then coming home and now eating food with my family. Um, and training, sort of the same thing as you said, I, uh, it's a little harder to motivate myself to like go down to my basement and sort of do some body work and uh, mainly body weight exercises. Um, I have some, like a few weights I can use. Um, and then cardio, I really struggled to motivate myself to get outside and go for a run. Um, so I should probably work on that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just the whole, it's the mental aspect, a lot of it. Cause back at school, like I have the gym nearby. It's just easier to, I can go with my friends. I'm more motivated to go get up and do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I think it's quite easy at the moment to fall into complacency and sort of just let your routine go out the window. Um, yeah. But uh, but I guess that's just something we will have to deal with in the moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was saying, are there any supplements you'd say or are recommending for people to take, or if they should be using anything during lockdown? Yeah. So, firstly, I like I don't I don't think it's necessary. Um, mm -hmm. However, I'd say a lot of people could probably benefit from supplementing something like vitamin D. 
Um, I mean, especially if you if you live in the UK with the the complete lackluster weather. Um, so yeah, I'd say vitamin D. I personally I personally supplement that. Um, but as a general approach to supplements, uh, I think you'd have to really have a very unbalanced diet to even be deficient in many of the minerals or, or vitamins that that are you know promoted by these massive pharma companies and they're trying to get you to supplement them. I think yeah, it, it's not necessary for for ninety nine percent of people. Yeah. Um. One more thing we can talk about. Any uh, movies and television you're sort of watching in this time, binging? Ooh, yeah. So, I mean, firstly, I'm, I'm a big YouTube guy. Um, I mean, my YouTube is the go-to. And to be honest with you, I'm not even mad about it because YouTube has the by far the best recommendation algorithm. I don't know how they do it. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure you know. <clears throat> You're just, yeah, you get, you get wrapped up in it. Um, and I, you know, it seriously knows me better than my family knows me. It's ridiculous. Um, but I, I'd say, I'd say other than YouTube, I've actually been watching Community on Netflix. Um, I don't know if, yeah, have you heard of Community? I've heard of it. I've seen a few episodes. I haven't fully yeah, sat down yeah. and watched it. it it's, it's a pretty brain dead show, if I'm honest. Um, but I used to watch it back in, I, I think, probably 2013. Um, so, so part of me is watching it for the nostalgia, and I guess uh, part of me is also watching it because of Chevy Chase's incredibly outrageous uh, race and gender jokes that <laughs> that go on throughout the entirety of the show. Um, so yeah, I've been watching that primarily. How about you? Um, so I, uh, my family and I, we watched uh, Succession season one and two on HBO. Um, I don't think you ever did it. I actually haven't though. No. It's it's pretty good. It's just about this uh, media mogul, and you know his kids start to try and uh, they're trying to buy for power once he uh, decides to pass it on to one of them. That was pretty interesting. I liked it a lot. Um, what else? I'm rewatching Breaking Bad with my parents as well, which has been pretty fulfilling on second watch. Yep. Um, and just in general, like there's always movies running on TV whenever I'm just eating lunch or dinner or something. There's some always something's always on. I've seen. I mean, the Harry Potter movies are just always on. I don't know. People have the rights to that, so they just abuse it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I actually watched, um, I rewatched the, the Deathly Hallows part one and two pretty recently. Um, just, just for the, just for the bands, really. But, um, that, that was, that was a pretty good watch. Um, I also watched, uh, 1917. Um, mm-hmm. and I know this is probably a film that you, you probably have some, some opinions on. Uh, <laughs> Personally, I, I sort of had some mixed feelings. Uh, I think visually it was amazing. I don't think anyone's disputing that. It was, it was really well filmed. Um, but I think for me, the, the pace of the story was just a little bit sporadic. <clears throat> so I think I there, was, there were quite a lot of spikes of action and then nothing for a little bit of time. Um, so I think the pacing could have been improved. Um, but I mean, it, it, was, you know, it was still a great film, really great film. Yeah. I saw it twice. I saw it in cinemas, and then I saw it at home. And I think definitely seeing it in cinemas was a lot better than watching at home on TV, um, just because of the sound and the filming and the cinematic experience. But yeah, I do see what you said about the uh, the pace of the movie, which is a little erratic. Um, yeah. And then it, it sort of got snubbed. Well, not snubbed. It got upstaged at the Oscars, I guess, by Parasite, which I still haven't seen. I yep. really keep hating. I hate myself for that. <laughs> I, I actually I haven't seen it either. Um, 
and I yeah I know I should, but uh, it's just be one of those movies I've been putting off. Um, yeah. So I guess yeah I got to get round to doing that. Uh, another yeah. show that uh, I just started watching is uh, you might have you might have heard of it because it's on HBO, uh, Silicon Valley. Mm. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it. Um, and I'm only a few episodes in uh, on the the first season. But it, it's really hilarious, and actually, some of the concepts are alarmingly accurate to startup life, which I find hilarious. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm you know drawing some pretty funny parallels. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's another one I, I'd probably recommend watching right now. It's it's pretty funny. Are you sort of drawn to those movies and TV shows where it has to do with sort of starting up like entrepreneur stuff? Um, well, I, I really, I mean, I guess the go-to movies that you'd associate with that, uh, are, you know, the big short and Wolf of Wall Street and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I I really, I really love those movies. Um, and typically I really do enjoy non-fiction content. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, even, even though obviously, uh, Silicon Valley isn't, but the, the storyline sort of follows like similarly to, to what a startup might, uh, be involved with, for example, series A funding. Um, you know, sort of uh, coming up with an MVP, things like that. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more drawn to that, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like you know I wouldn't find anything else interesting because it's, it's quite a, a wide spectrum. Yeah. Um, so I guess last thing before we go, just to come back to the COVID nineteen stuff again. How is a how's the situation in the UK? Cause I know I talked about this with Alan a couple weeks ago. Just want to see if anything mm. really changed. Um. Well, to be honest with you, uh, I, I think, I mean, it, it's really hard to, hard to say at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I don't think many people really understand it um, mm-hmm. that well, including myself. But uh, I think it's the situation is, is dying down a little bit. Um, I, I, I mean, as of, as of, I think, just a few hours ago, they said that the lockdown would be extended um, by at least another three weeks or so, which I'm definitely not surprised about. I don't expect things to return to semi-normal um, by at least September, I, I think. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, I don't see a vaccine in, uh, you know, the next year or so. Um, but... I, I'd say I'd say, I'd say London in particular, um, it, it's it's doing okay. I, I think a lot of people just don't listen to the restrictions, so it sort of seems like oh well, you know, it, it seems okay. There's people out, there's people doing things, um, yeah. but uh, that is just London, and uh, <laughs> I, I think for a, a lot of a lot of uh, the UK is uh, uh, sort of a different different um, approach to it, but. Um, yeah, I guess it's kind of a hard question to answer because it is a it's a constant, moving and evolving situation. Um, yeah. And uh, as I said, lot not not many people that really understand it. Um, so um, so yeah, I mean, how is how is it over with you? It there's signs that it's uh, improving, or at least hospitalizations are slowly reducing, especially in New York, where it's been really bad for the last few weeks. Um, but I think one of the hardest things is that there's just a lot of information being thrown at us whether it's on TV or simply through like Twitter or just like random updates you get on your phone. A lot of information. Sometimes it seems conflicting and then you listen to, uh, I don't know, the president or the prime minister. There's a lot happening. And then it kind of just takes us a while to take in information and process and sort of filter things out. 
and see what we actually believe. Um, but yeah, the, the scary thing for me personally is a lot of talk about school in September not necessarily being a, a sure thing. Um, I don't yeah. know. Do you see? Do you see you guys starting back up? I know you guys start later than us usually, but. Um, well, yeah, we, we usually start, I say usually, but, um, yeah, beginning of October, around that time, yeah. that's when it properly starts, I think. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a tough one to view, really. Um, I, I think my university in particular, at least I can only speak for my university, um, there would probably just be online classes, um. I mean, that's the approach we've taken for the past month or so. Um, mm. I'm first year, so I, I mentioned before that um, they cancelled exams for us, and this year means nothing, uh, yeah. which got a lot of mixed uh, mixed opinions on that. But um, but I, I think yeah, I, th I think in September there's probably just gonna it's probably just gonna go online for the most part. Um, I don't really see uh, many. I guess many institutions opening fully um, by that point. Uh, I yeah. still think there, there's going to be yeah just way too much going on. Um, and I think they're going to kind of bring things back in stages. And I don't think you know having thousands of people in one massive building uh, <laughs> will, will help that much. So I, I think they're going to you know phase it back slowly. Yeah, I, there's just obviously something wrong with bringing yeah like you said thousands of people back into one confined area. Um, immediately after this all dies down definitely no yeah i know they're talking about sports and stuff for they can bring them back but slowly without fans for a long time so that's a little sad but it is what it is yeah i mean i can only imagine for, for you because obviously you're a massive sports fan um and I'm, I'm not too informed on what they've actually cancelled um i've heard the the nba has been been cancelled or delayed or what's the situation it was, with that? It was suspended and they are working on a way to quarantine every team into like one city and play out the uh, the playoffs just without fans in not even arenas but like practice facilities. Right. Okay. And uh, yeah. what, what's your what's your opinion on that? It's doable, um, but they also need to have the uh, the rapid test by then because they have to keep testing people if they were to go into that quarantine bubble type idea, because the moment one person gets it, they have to shut it down and they just can't finish it out. Um, I guess the same sort of applies for most other sports. I know I'm, I'm pretty disappointed about the Olympics being postponed and Euros, and it's supposed to be a fun summer, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I was, I was very disappointed to hear, to hear the Olympics, but um, yeah, just uh, unprecedented times really, so. Yeah, not not much else you could say on that. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Hope you had fun. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. It was yeah, it was really cool. Thank you for inviting me. All right, no problem. Anytime. I'll uh, you guys can follow Reed on Instagram. I'll link his stuff in the description below, and uh, you can see more about Creator and what Reed's on too. All right, see you guys next time.
Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. Thank you.